Welcome to The Edit, a curated conversation navigating faith, politics, and pop culture with your hosts, Megan and Laura Beth. On today's very first episode, we will discuss the passing of a historic piece of legislation, South Carolina's S-1, or better known as the Heartbeat Bill, signed into law on the day this very first episode was actually recorded. This legislation protects unborn human life from abortion if a baby's heartbeat can be detected. Currently, there is a lawsuit against this bill from pro-abortion opponents, which does keep the law from going into effect. We do discuss this briefly. Until we can win in the courts, and there is hope, the heartbeat bill cannot go into immediate effect, preventing it right now from saving lives. While we discuss this law, we do also discuss initiatives, the pro-life movement at large, and we hope we will motivate you to action. With that said, let's get to the edit. our first episode first of the edit we're glad to be here with you yeah we're just drinking our coffee and we've just kind of talked about what we're going to be talking about with you all today which is going to be kind of fun but um yeah we live in south carolina coming to you from the best part of south carolina which is the upstate greenville south carolina greenville. Greenville. <laughs> if you've never been to greenville you're missing out so we've got the mountains and scenery and the best downtown in the world. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. I I love Greenville because there are so many like mom and pop shops and unique mm-hmm. restaurants and, and lots of, um, I don't know, boutique stores. But you still have TJ Maxx. Yes, I was going to say, I can't lie. I'm a <laughs> sucker for, as much as I love the mom and pop shop, I also do love like the staple Big box stores. We're not sponsored by TJ Maxx, by the way. We wish we were. We will be one day. <laughs> um, actually, I was just talking to a friend, and she said, she posted on her um, social media that TJ Maxx just got their spring dresses in stock, what? and I have not gone. I went last week. They weren't there. Yeah, so it must be new. So check your TJ Maxx if you're oh, in the Greenville yes. Upstate area. Because Also, don't though, don't go too quick because I haven't been yet. So save some things for me. No kidding. <laughs> we don't wear the same size. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Just let me know if you buy something because I don't want to buy the same one. Oh, we, no. have, we have the same jumpsuit. We wore... We do. We haven't we worn have at the least same... one of the same. I, the same black banana. We have two. We have two black... I think we have banana the same Republic black. Ones. Yes, Banana Republic jumpsuits. So I only like have one v- Banana Republic. The V-neck and the one that's the off the shoulder with the ruffles. No, we both. We both. Oh, you're right. But we did buy the second one at the same time. We've yes. never worn it at the same time. Yes. Yeah, but if you see us at a um, like luncheon or dinner, you might see us in one of these black jumpsuits. So. We don't share clothes. We just, <laughs> well, if you saw us, you would know we definitely could not share clothes. But um, we definitely have similar taste in good fashion. <laughs> right we do oh yeah but we want to jump in today talk about something historic that happened in South Carolina today and that was the passage of the heartbeat bill our governor signed it into law today now we know there's going to be challenges there always are but this is big this is big um Megan Mm. what did this mean for you well, I think just in general, this is a huge win for women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I Can think you say that again? This is a huge win for women. women. <laughs> this is a this is landmark. It's historic. And I know, like you mentioned, that there will be pushback. This will get taken to the courts. 
But the reality, the, yeah, the reality is, is that doesn't, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in the sense that this is historic. In South Carolina, we have said, I was listening to the different speeches today, and it was like, this is the state that believes in life. Mm-hmm. We, passing, there are so few states that have anything like this, that this is a line in the sand that says, no, life is in the womb. Like, mm-hmm. it's not not a life. This is a human being in the womb. And, and if we can detect that life, it is murder to kill it. Um, and so this was just, I mean, for me personally, I, I felt like obviously it aligned with my, um, beliefs and values, but it also just felt like a huge breath of fresh air in the state house Mm -hmm. that we have a government and elected officials that, you know, disagree with on a, a variety of issues, I'm sure. But on this issue, the majority said life matters and we will protect it. And that is just so historic and wonderful. It is. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this legislation, essentially the heartbeat bill is written so that an abortion becomes illegal when a heartbeat is detected from the unborn child. So a what would happen is a vaginal ultrasound would take place and they would test to see if there is a heartbeat from the child. And if there is, it is illegal to abort that baby. Now, a lot of people are going to push back from both sides, the conservative pro-life side. You've got your abolition movement. You've got your right to lifers. You've got everyone in between and you just got people who follow along as pro-lifers. The question may come up, well, why is it at heartbeat? Why is it not before? Why don't we just outlaw it at conception? Which is a wonderful question. And that is something that as true pro-lifers, we want to be able to do where abortion, even before a heartbeat, which by the way, is approximately six weeks, if not sooner. Um, why don't we just outlaw abortion altogether? Well, it's not so easy as that. Um, Roe v. Wade, which was passed in 1972, um, I say passed, it was a ruling in 1972 by the Supreme Court of the United States, essentially ruled um, in the favor of women's privacy that women can be allowed to have an abortion um, to end a pregnancy. But within there, there were provisions. If you could prove life, then essentially you can't have an abortion because that is a person. And, of course, constitutionally, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. So when you have a child in the womb and you can prove that it is a human, and a heartbeat is a really great way to prove it is a human, it can stand up to Roe v. Wade, which is why legislation that rules children when they can feel pain at 20 weeks approximately can't be aborted. We already have that in our state, which Mm -hmm. was a blessing when that passed. So now we have the heartbeat bill. Um, so that kind of gives you a background. It's not so much that we uh, don't want to outlaw abortion right out, but that's going to actually take um, the Supreme Court to be overturned on Roe v. Wade. And that's that's not that's an uphill battle, even with what mm-hmm. we've got right now in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of give you a little background. But um, one thing I want to highlight, and Megan brought up, and I want her to speak into this too, is why this why specifically this is good for women. Um, yeah, go for it. Well, I mean, well, first of all, it's good for women in that this legis- as, as a piece of legislation being passed, this protects women from mm-hmm. um, ho- horrific damage. I know that, um, you know, abortion is a really sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, um, for lack of a better word, intimate topic. Uh, it's, 
You know, it's the light separating the, the life of a mother and her child and, um, and, and ending one of those in the process. Um, sadly though, um, there is more than one life that can end. Uh, there have been dangerous, many accounts of dangerous things that have happened in abortion clinics with unsafe procedures, no checking up. Laura Beth and I were just talking about that before we started recording that there's just so many different accounts of terrible, horrific things that happen at abortion, um, clinics and that, you know, women are not receiving the best care by mm-hmm. going to an abortion clinic to, to receive an abortion. So it's a, it's a, da- it's a dangerous process. Um, in general, it's very invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is literally, you know, it's r- ripping out a life mm-hmm. from you. Um, but then as well, it is protecting the future of women. Um, it is, it is lifting up the, by believing that we stand for life and that we are going to protect lives in the womb and outside of the womb. This is a win for women because we are raising the value of, um, I would just say of motherhood in a way, Mm -hmm. um, by saying that you are carrying a life. This is a, this is a win for women. This is not just a, um, unnecessary tissue and inconvenience. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a life and that is a huge responsibility. No one is denying that, um, to carry a life to birth. That is a big deal. And I know many women are, you know, can be really scared about that. And that can Mm -hmm. be a really traumatic experience if you aren't prepared to do that yet. Um, Although I think most moms would probably say, when are you ever prepared (laughs) to have a child? I have not personally had a child, so I cannot speak to that. But I know I've heard from Mm -hmm. close friends and my sister and my mom about, you know, it's like you're probably never really ready. But I know it is, you know, for women who are not expecting to be having a child, to have a child. uh, But at the same time, this is saying you are carrying a life and that life has value and your life has value Mm -hmm. just as much as that baby's. You both have equal value. Mm -hmm. And then of course it's, it's raising up for women, the women that are unborn. I mean, I, we heard a staggering number today that there have been 500,000 abortions in our state since Roe v. Wade. And that is, I mean, think about it in our state. If you're in South Carolina in the Greenville area, I mean, 500,000 people, that are not amongst us, that 500,000 people, yeah, our, our, our generation, mm-hmm. like it, th- that's, you know, millennials mm-hmm. and gen, gen, gen Xers really yeah. is who, who is dead. Um, yeah. and how sad, like what doctors, what leaders, what teachers and moms and fathers and friends have we not mm-hmm. had because of this? So, I mean, it's a huge right. win for women. Um, it's, it's a huge win for men as well, because it, it's saying that, Honestly, I think it raises accountability. Um, mm-hmm. it, by being pro-life, you're actually saying, I don't give a cop-out to um, men, honestly. I think a lot of men uh, push yeah. girlfriends and even wives, sadly, um, to get an abortion mm-hmm. um, because they're not ready. Maybe they're not financially stable. They don't feel like they're con- you know, in a place of confidence to have a child. And while those fears might be legitimate, there is help for that. There is resource for mm-hmm. that. Um, there is support to be found if you yeah. want it. Um, and it, a lot of men, I think, shirk responsibility. And this is a win for women in that that this is going to, in some ways, allow for now more accountability in the conversation. Of course. Because men now don't have the cop out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, we can just get rid of the baby. Um, no. You know, this is going to be, no, you can't. Like, you now have to step up. You have to, yeah. um, 
have more to say. Uh, and I think that that's just a really important part yeah. of this conversation too. Yeah, I want to highlight a couple of things you brought up there. Um, the first thing being the abortion clinics, a, a very popular um argument from the pro-abortion side. And I do like to be very careful to say pro-abortion and not pro-choice because mm. if you're pro the choice of abortion, you are pro-abortion. Mm. Um, if you're pro-abortion being something that can be legislated and allowed, you're pro-abortion. Right. It's not, choice is just a glittering generality they throw on mm. it. But you brought up something really interesting with abortion clinics. I wanted to really highlight um, people, like I said, the argument comes up well, if abortion was illegal, they just happen anyway. They'd be less safe. Mm. The reality is abortion clinics are barely regulated. They are supposed to follow all of the medical procedures that any ambulatory um, surgical unit would have to follow. Any other doctor's office would have to follow. But there's just so much fear around this issue that, you know, the health departments don't check up. Uh, you don't believe me? Just Google botched abortions. Look up what Kermit Gosnell did and why he's in prison as an abortionist. Mm. Um, look up um, even our own state, South Carolina, what's gone down with Greenville Women's Clinic. I'm happy to mention it because it's it's horrible. Um, and just look to see that these places aren't regulated. Regulated. They're not clean. Oftentimes, they're not. They're they're in there to get women in and out and make money. And you know who they prey on? They prey on underprivileged women who mm. feel and oppressed and have nowhere to go. And I remember Lila Rose saying something that really hit me one time is, you know, they speak so much about women's empowerment. When have you ever seen a woman walk out of an abortion clinic empowered? Mm. They're usually their head down. They're in pain. It's, it's awful what they just went through. Um, whenever you see in nature a mother, whether it's an animal killing their young, it's mm. something's wrong with the animal. There's something wrong there, and something's wrong with their society that women feel that they have to mm. kill their babies, kill their own children. Mm. Um, so this is pro-woman in a sense. You know, you remove that thought. You remove the access to being able to do something that is harmful to yourself. And by the way, there are so many medical problems that can arise after an abortion. Um, you have to, I mean, doctors, that information oftentimes, I don't know if it's always disclosed that a woman's had an abortion, but it, but it does some, there's links to all sorts of things um, that arise from that. A pregnancy is a natural a natural occurrence and it's a natural thing for a woman's body to be pregnant and to deliver and to have a child and to give birth and when you unnaturally stop that process you harm the woman's body the other thing you brought up that was really important is motherhood mm -hmm. um, motherhood is unique to women um, only women can have children <laughs> it's unique to our gender and it is not something that holds us back. Mm. Um, women... Take a look at our new SCOTUS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. She's had lots of kids and adopted, and it's beautiful. Amy, Amy, Coney, Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett. But, um, you know, when you have a culture that pushes everything but abstinence, mm. and you have a culture that pushes one night stands, or that women... in degrades women to being accessible and to being booty calls and all of a sudden she gets pregnant 
and a man pushes to have an abortion, it lets him off the hook. Right. Absolutely does. It it messes with a woman's body. It messes with her future. It messes with all of it. And it's 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 not something you just undo. You just don't undo a pregnancy without repercussions. Um, I worked at a pregnancy clinic for a good bit of time, and there was a Bible study that women who had previous abortions would come to. And it was beautiful to see the healing that these women went through, but the shame and the pain of what they've done is not something they learned. It's something that's inherent. And the freedom that they found through Jesus Christ, through the truth of the Bible, was incredible to see. And then we have men, men who find freedom because they realize the repercussions of essentially forcing women to have abortions with threats, with all, all sorts even, even of just things. Pressure, yes, you know? pressure. Um, you know, men driving were often the ones taking the women to get the abortions, paying for the abortions. That sounds nice when you realize, no, they're doing it because it benefits them. Mm-hmm. It's a procedure they can be hands off of. And yet it benefits them in an industry that's just continuing to kill children. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is pro-woman. Um, it is, yeah, it's, and I think we have to sit with that fact and to understand that abortion allows men to get away with objectifying women Mm. and allows them to get away with not having to take responsibility for their Mm. actions. And women are left Mm. to fend for themselves. Men are told they don't need to commit to parenthood, Mm. to being a husband, and to taking care of something that should be their responsibility. Fatherhood is also downplayed. So, yes, this is a big win, a big Mm. win for our state. It's so exciting, honestly, um, to be able to talk about this. It really is a... I know at this point you might be like, wow, I'm depressed now listening to this. But um, but th- that's where this is such a victory. This is such a win because um, we are the pro-life generation. I mean, multiple polls over the years. I think the, one of the first ones I remember seeing was from like 2016 or 2017. But there have been more recent ones that were done. I think the one I was looking at was the Pew Research Center. But it was the, the vast majority of millennials are pro-life, um, at least to some extent. Believe that abortion should be regulated. I believe that life has value, believe that life is in the womb. These statistics are so important for us to be aware of. Um, It it is easy sometimes to feel like in our culture that's bombarded, like Laura Beth was saying about bombarded with objectification of women and feeling like there's no way out. And I I think even Laura Beth, you mentioned something about that, that, you know, women feel like there's nowhere to go. There Mm -hmm. is somewhere to go. There is always somewhere to go. There are, oh, I forget what the stat was, but the how many more Oh, I don't remember off the top um, of my head, but I mean, it, it is like a crippling more how statistic. Many, yeah. How many pro-life um, pregnancy centers there are for women that have all kinds of services entirely free. Um, they're nonprofits. They fundraise and they get support of people who care about this issue. And as a woman in need, you can go there and get right. all of the help. I, our, our Piedmont Women's Center um, right here in Greenville is fantastic mm-hmm. and provides all of these services to women. Right. They provide not only counseling to parents or to choose adoption plans, they also provide SDI testing, which is actually very hard to find here in Greenville. And they also provide pap smears and they provide, and they're actually, they're extending their services, but they're providing parenting classes and all sorts of things to 
empower women, not just through their pregnancy, but far into the future. So it's amazing what these places do. Oh, but the other side likes to say, oh, those are just sham places. Right. Or that you're pro or that you're just pro birth. And I'm honestly kind of tired of being told that I'm pro birth and and that my friends are (laughs) pro birth or that anybody else involved in pro life. And I know I may be calling it out, but the reality is, is that you go look at the people who are in (sighs) that are involved in your church and that are involved, or if you don't go to a church, that are involved in any kind of local nonprofit mission, that are involved in any adoption services, that are involved in any, usually many that are involved in schools and preschools and teaching yeah. and daycare Anti-human centers. Anti-human trafficking, Those everything. organizations, foster care. You tell me that. There's no pro-life there's people. No pro-life. <laughs> those those people are the pro-life people. It's it's life at 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 all stages. Right. Are valuable. People and, bringing in refugees and and taking care of them and providing for them what they need. Um, people mm-hmm. helping out at homeless shelters. You ask them. Go go if you really want to. Go, go and ask them. And ask. Do you do you believe abortion's okay? Abortion is okay. Yeah. There's going to be people there. I tell you, who are going to tell you no. Now there might be people who are on both sides of the issue, but you cannot say that the pro life movement of people is just pro birth. Just pro birth. Because it's just not true. Pro birth is the bare minimum, but I can tell you, no one is right. the bare minimum. But I would say this: I'm pro birth versus being not pro birth. Absolutely. You know, I'm obviously pro life, but not just, um, not just that. So, um, yeah, I think that this is this is such a huge win. It's such a huge victory, and it's something that we should be talking about. I, as I was commenting on, you know, we're the pro life generation as millennials. If you're listening to this and you're a millennial or a Gen Zer. You know, this is this is our issue. This is a topic. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't. I, this is not going to be the only topic we talk about. No. We're going to talk about right. all kinds of things. But absolutely, especially as women. Right. But as our our kickoff episode with today, the heartbeat bill being signed, we really wanted to mention this and really talk about it. And this is an issue that, as young adults, we get this opportunity, young professionals, to speak out. We get the opportunity to say that we believe in the value of all human beings. And we believe Mm -hmm. that that is from the womb to, you know, the deathbed through the care of the elderly, that all of these different, very important issues that we have the opportunity to be a part of. Yeah. One thing I do want to kind of circle back to is the bill itself. Um, because I know there's gonna there are questions, especially with you know there were exceptions included in there, and you know exceptions that you and I do not agree with. Um, the one exception we absolutely agree with is life of the mother. Um, that is that is pro life. That is a pro life exception to believe that a mother can save her life as a and, self. Dis- yes, in and self to defense. clarify that, just so you like, I'm I'm sure this may be just understood, but that situation is as. A mother in a hospital, you know, being like they're trying to save her life. Right. And this is not a woman going to an abortion clinic. Like that is what right. where they, I <laughs> right, feel right. like sometimes though people don't understand like right. that. So just clarify. It's like that. someone who literally cannot live unless they per- need to terminate a pregnancy. And by the way, there are very few to zero cases of this. An ectopic pregnancy is actually a completely different procedure. It has nothing to do with abortion law, which is sometimes people like to bring that up. We're talking if the case ever were to happen that a woman would need, whether, I don't know if it's cancer or something where if she were to continue a pregnancy, it would kill her. 
that is what we're talking about. And, and we're, we're saying, not saying that she saying should that she make that choice. We're saying that the law... And we're not people, judging her if she doesn't. Right. And we know yeah. we may have good friends who disagree with us, but we are saying that we believe that that exception is a valid exception to and have it's not the one legislation. The, it's, the government should never tell someone they can't make save decision. their life. Right. So that that's where we stand on that. But the one that we very heavily disagree with is the rape and incest exception. Yes. Um, when a woman is raped, they you know, it says that she should be able to choose abortion. And we understand from an empathetic view why that is in there. Right. The truth is abortion does not undo a rape. Right. And back to our concept of holding men accountable. I really wanted to get into that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. This, unfortunately, this legislation, which we understand why to be able to get it to pass, you know, these, these um, exceptions are in there. Although commenting that, you know, rape being the reason for abortion is like, it's like less than 1%. Okay. Like this is not the this is not the majority or anywhere near, um, although any of them, you know, situations would be very tragic situations. Um, th- this is not the majority, although it is always touted as the front runner argument um, for abortion. But as we were talking about holding that accountable. And by the way, it's always an, almost always an exception right. with pro-life legislation. Right. Um, but with the pro when we were talking about um, how this is a victory um, for women because of holding men accountable, um, Really, that is where, you know, the rape um, exception is. Uh, for me, I would love for us to get to a place where that is not um, Even the case. That's yeah. not necessary because we hold men accountable. We don't hold the innocent life of the baby accountable. accountable right. That we give the support to the woman that is needed and we hold him accountable with criminal charges. Right. In my like, opinion, uh, he should... She should never have to see him again, ever, not in court, anything, but he should have to pay her millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, and we don't I don't mean to make light of that issue because it's incredibly serious. This is a big deal, but right. we emphasize that just because men should be accountable. Um, that, that should not be a reason that an abortion happens. It, it should not be. Um, right. The baby's life, while the circumstances of it beginning are tragic, the life is not tragic. Right. I think bottom line here is we do not end babies' lives because of rape. We mm. work to end rape. <laughs> and exactly. you know what? Ideally, even if this exception is in every single piece of legislation, Still if we, right, if we, yes, but if we can work with the other side of the aisle to go after rapists and to have right. better consequences and to stricter consequences, then there will be a 0% why would pe- why men won't rape? <laughs> right. Right. So the bottom line here is that we do not agree with the exception, but the bill is still landmark win for our state. And we can still improve upon this in the future. This is not the last pro-life bill we're going to ever have. We can improve it. We can strengthen it. We can get rid of these exceptions that are unnecessary and we can get rid of rape. So that's where we are with that. Um, So whenever you hear people concerned about these exceptions, understand that it may sound like this pragmatic view, and a lot of times people like cringe at the word pragmatism or pragmatic. You know, we we know that our end goal is to end abortion in our country, not just our state. And the right to life view is we do it in increments until we can overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, The abolitionist view is we just keep going for the throat. We, um, we go with legislation and personhood amendments and we end abortion. And if we don't get all the exceptions we want, we, we drop the bill or we 
we don't respond maybe the way we wished it could happen. Um, and I'll be honest, like I, I don't fault the abolition movement. And I do want to touch on this because um, I, I think what the abolition movement has done on a small scale has been very helpful. Um, you've seen sanctuary cities around the country that have outlawed abortion within them, and that's a victory. And a lot of that is due to the abolition movement. Um, but what you typically see on the state level and on the federal level is the more traditional right to life movement where um, it's an incremental policy. And you unfortunately will see infighting within the broad pro-life and abolition movements. And I wish we could get past that um, and really just understand that we really all truly want to end abortion together. Mm. But I think the big highlights just from this discussion are that this is a tremendous win for women. Women can be empowered to be mothers and Supreme Court justices and doctors and attorneys and CEOs or just middle management, whatever it is, you can do all of that. Or bake cookies or have an yes. Etsy site if or like whatever. Do it. Like whatever. Like <laughs> Well, also have a way to support yourself. Of course. If you don't have someone who can help you. That's a problem Maybe if you have job, kids or not. A, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that kids are are not a challenge to raise, but they're a beautiful opportunity. And Women should be supported. The mm-hmm. churches should support single moms mm-hmm. who come there for help. And adoption should be yes. uplifted and should be, you know, we, we need, that's not a we shame need thing. more people too. And I know it's incredibly expensive and that's a whole nother topic, you know, for a lot of people. But I mean, honestly, local adoption and fostering is yeah. so. There's a waiting list for a parents wanting, wanting a baby. infant adoptions. Yeah. And um, also like, foster care into adoption is wonderful too. So there is a, a huge door there for, you know, if, if, motherhood is not the calling for you at that time to, to continue to care um, for the baby. Right. There are, there are options. There are people who want to right. love your child. And we need to take away the stigma of choosing an adoption plan for your child. That's loving, mm. especially if you're in a place where you cannot parent. Mm. You, I don't know, like maybe you're just so young, you mm. have to finish school mm. and there now there's open adoptions and there's, um, and you know, those, you know, there's controversy there too. But the thing is adoption's a beautiful thing. And I think we need to take away the stigma, especially on birth mothers, mm. um, for making that plan. Um, and, and I don't, I think that's going to take a time. That's yeah. going to take time for that to happen. But I think mm. we need to uplift women who choose life for their babies. Right. That's the most motherly, beautiful thing you can do. Mm. Regardless, if you put that child in another family, that's still beautiful and you mm. should, and they should be proud of that. Mm. And we should be proud of them for that. For making that choice. Yeah. Right. But I think we really need to be careful about saying women cannot be empowered if they do not have children or if they, if they have children, I should say that's, Mm. that's usually what we come up with. It's oh, women have to choose this or that. Mm. And then we get into the whole idea of choice. Which I think that argument comes from men, honestly, I'll be honest. Like I think, and then then women, we've taken it up as our calling. It's such a patriarchal view. And then as women, yes, they have lifted that as their banner. It's like, wait a minute. I think some old man years ago probably said that. No, women can do it. Elder men, I'm, I'm no, not no, making no. A, a statement we're, there. We're talking but about specific way of thinking. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how the the whole argument's very twisted. Anyways, I'm sure we'll get all into all of that too. But we're just very excited about this legislation and mm-hmm. um, happy that it's happened and um, that that we can truly say there is hope for the unborn yeah. in our state. And we know we threw a lot at you. 
and <laughs> maybe go ahead through listen yeah, so through what, this again. Yes, <laughs> we yeah, can just like pick, up. It, pick, it, pick up different pieces of what we're talking <clears throat> about. But how can you get involved? So you might be listening right. to this and be thinking, okay, that's really cool. Megan and Laura Beth do stuff in pro life things, and <laughs> they know they know these random facts, or they you know are connected to these different organizations. But I'm not. I don't know. I don't know how to you know get involved, or I don't have the time, or this sounds like a lot of work. That is not at all um, the way, at least I, I know we, we both don't want you to feel that way. We, there are so many ways that you can um, get involved simply, easily, that don't really take a whole lot of time. So a cu- couple ideas that we had. Um, the first mm-hmm. one is calling your representative, um, calling your state house rep, calling your state senator. Um, I know that this legislation passed, um, but it really did pass because people cared mm-hmm. about who was in elected office. So right. definitely being invo- be involved in local campaigns and I know not right. everybody loves politics. However, this issue, the last election cycle was a huge reason why this legislation was passed. So it, it is, it really, I know people don't like it, but politics do matter. Um, in, <laughs> in pro-life issues, they do matter. Um, and so, and in many issues, but now that you have these pro-life elected officials, be reminding them, that they're pro-life, yeah. that they ran on those issues, that they said they're going to vote for these things, that they're going to uphold. And then on a variety of issues, whatever is your concern, you can call them. Um, we talked about this earlier as well, that, you know, like what's going to happen when you call your state rep, you're probably going to get an answering machine. You might get a staff worker um, and they're going to be very kind to you. They're going to be very nice and just listen to your concern or to your passion about this issue or whatever the issue is. Um, and you don't have to say much. You don't need to sound like an expert. You don't need to know a whole lot. Just tell them what you want your representative to hear, and they will make note of that. Um, and they do really care, and they do listen to what their constituents are saying. So mm-hmm. be calling. I actually had was so encouraged the other night. I had a friend tell me that she was nervous and didn't know um, if she you know, should do it or not, but she had seen a post on social media and was just so moved that she thought, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. I can call mm-hmm. um, and, and say, hey, vote for, vote for the heartbeat bill. And, and that's what she did. She called and left a message and said she was kind of nervous and didn't know what she was doing, but you know, was really glad she did it afterwards when it passed because yeah. her voice was heard and, and it mattered. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember one time um, I was at a, actually it was a chamber event, <laughs> nothing to do with the pro-life movement at all. And, um, a state legislator, a state legislator had mentioned whenever they get more than three calls, it feels like the whole world is calling them. <laughs> so take that to heart. When you have a pro-life bill in your state, or if we have another one in South Carolina, get two friends to call with you. Like just say, Hey, let's all call representative John Smith, whatever. And then just all call him and then, and just say, you know, Hey, I support the heartbeat bill. Please vote for it. Or, Hey, Mm -hmm. I support the pain capable bill. Please vote for it. Um, when they get three calls, they feel like, Oh my word, my constituents really want me to vote for this. Let me think (laughs) about this. And if your, um, if your representative is a Democrat, oftentimes they, they will still listen to their constituents and realize, hmm, my constituents want me to vote a certain way. I better think about this. Maybe they're not as attached to the issue as maybe their party platform is, and maybe they'll talk to you. Maybe they'll get coffee with you and really explain, like, I believe life begins at conception. I believe that we as humans 
um, have the image of God in us from the beginning from the earliest moments of our existence and we need to protect that. And oftentimes, you know, just because they're, um, in a party that might not be as pro-life as another, doesn't mean that they don't believe that or that they don't, um, aren't a believer. And sometimes that's all they need to hear to vote the right way. And by the way, this is not a partisan issue. Um, Megan and I are both Republicans, but we don't pretend that, um, this is just a, Republican issue. It is not. There's plenty of pro-life Democrats. There's a pro-life Democrats organization out there. So if you're a Democrat and listening, we're not, we're speaking to you too. This is, this is, um, this is nonpartisan. Um, another thing you can do is, um, get involved in groups in your organization or through your church. Um, churches oftentimes will support local pregnancy centers and that's not a political thing. I think people oftentimes are a little hesitant to bring up political, um, issues at their church, and that that's, can be for good reason. Um, but the pro-life issue is a gospel issue. It's about life, and it's about who we are in the Lord and being in His image. So, you know, talking to your pastor, talking to your family director. How can you volunteer at a pregnancy center? And a pregnancy center is not a pro-life organ. Is not sorry, it's not a political organization. It's a pro-life organization. Yes. So maybe get your youth group to volunteer, your young professionals group, your young families group. Um, the seniors, whatever it needs to be, go volunteer, donate, send a check, um, and just see how you can help. Make baby clothes, pick up baby clothes, pick up baby items. Um, if you're young, um, go and see if you can um, help file things in the in the office, make photocopies, whatever it is. Um, by the way, backing on the calling, you don't have to be old enough to vote to call your rep. If you're 16, 15, 14, 13, you can still call your local representative. You, can, you are still a constituent. So don't be afraid of that. Um, and finally, um, post on social media. Hmm. You know, that's where our voices are often heard the loudest. And if you don't know what to say, that's okay. There's some great pro-life organizations out there you can share. You can share from live action. You can share from your local Right to Life group. You can share from United Americans United for Life. You can share from Democrats for Life. You can share for Feminists for Life. There's all these wonderful groups out there that probably one of them will fit your political system better or your lack of political system better. And just start sharing and put your own little words to it. Read read up on the apologetics of what it means to truly be pro-life from scripture, from science, from history. Who were the historical figures? Learn and um, watch how people debate it in a positive way. Um, Scott Klusendorf has a great, great apologetics course and a lot of it's available online. I would just learn how to discuss the topic, and I really want to push women especially. Um, men oftentimes are told they're mansplaining on this issue, especially from the other side. But if we as women can come out strongly on social media, don't be afraid to set up a Twitter, it's okay, and on Instagram, sharing things to our stories from other from other groups that we agree or just putting it in your own words, sharing a video, why you believe what you believe, not and you know what? Don't be afraid of the negative comments. Ask questions. Ask them why they believe what they believe and then be prepared to answer. That's gonna be so strong. It's gonna be so strong. And don't be like me. Don't be too snarky about it. (laughs) (laughs) If you find me on Twitter, I'm sorry. Well, and it's such a good thing, though, to be telling people where you stand on this issue. Um, not that you need to, you know, ra- you know, carry a torch and and be right. really, you know, be really aggressive about it. But you can just be like, simply, hey, I, 
I'm glad this bill passed in my state, or I am thankful for um, senators and, and state legislators that are voting for life. Um, you can share things and say, this concerns me. If something, mm-hmm. you know, if something pro-abortion is passed in your state or right. let's oh, that you, happens. Can, you can simply say, you know, this, this really bothers me. Why um, are we funding Planned Parenthood? Right. Ask. And, and, and you can share things like that, that allow people your, your sphere of influence to see, I know someone who is pro-life. Maybe there are lots of other people in your, your circle, in your community, there probably are that are pro-life, but are also afraid or are afraid to speak out and mm-hmm. to say with you. But if one person does, then it's easier for another person to join and community can really be built around this issue. So just want to encourage you to not be afraid to speak up, to use your voice. And that is what we are going to be doing on this Absolutely. podcast. So again, yes. this was a, this was a, um, a deep topic and you know, really, really trying to talk about it and celebrate the victory um, that that was happened today in our state, South Carolina. But right. um, we will be talking about a variety of other things. Mm-hmm. So you'll want to be checking back in with us. Absolutely. Too. And we will we will touch on this again and have got and have guests. Um, but we will be touching on sort all sorts of topics from a conservative Christian biblical worldview. So awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. We're so excited. Thanks for listening to our first first episode. All right. (laughs)